back to YYTK, everybody. I'm Rachel. I'm Maddie. And we've got Hunger Games Chapter 2 coming at ya. Woo! 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 Yahoo! I love the Hunger Games. I'm getting back into it. I love exploiting children. This is going on the internet, babe. I love poverty. No, babe. <laughs> oh, babe, no. That's, that's... You know they can, like, isolate your voice and they can take that. No. Employers are going to listen to the pod. <laughs> They're God. just going to take you out for that. Oh. Well, I hope everybody obviously has listened to episode one. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be here if you haven't. You could be here, but you should no. also go back. Oh. Go away. That's embarrassing. There's so much tea in the first chapter. Also true. It's not optional. But you probably noticed that we're like hella active on our Instagram <laughs> and TikTok. So, oh, you didn't know that? Why don't you go check us out? It's at YIY2KPOD. You don't want to miss the shenanigans. I'm not elbow deep in Canva for nothing. <laughs> we love Canva. Canva warriors rise. <laughs> yeah, I've been on Canva. Um, yeah. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, we tried doing some AI generated images to uh, mouse Gary. Yeah, it didn't work. No. Um, we'll figure it out. AI yeah. is the future. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Once it figures out what Grimace is. Yeah. Once AI knows what Grimace is, it's over for you. <laughs> Everyone will be unemployed. Yep. You got anything else? Any little updates for the people? No. Oh. By the time you're hearing this, we've just gone on a girls week. Yeah, we had a little little fall trippy up in Northy. Yep. We looked um, at some trees, water, yeah. polar plunged, mm-hmm. saw deer. Yeah. There's a yeah. bridge. I guess. <laughs> I heard there's like a bridge and like a lake. Yeah, the leaves were either green, yellow, orange, or red, <laughs> depending on how uh, it was up there. <laughs> we'll just cut it. We'll just cut it in. We'll be like, the leaves work. <laughs> red. It's like a phone voice memo. Yeah. Green. Yeah. Perfect. They better not be green. They, they won't. Better. They won't be. They weren't. I think we're actually, yeah, they weren't. weren't. I think it's the tail end of like the prime time, which I think is gonna be perfect. Totally fine. Yeah. Totally good. So I want it to be a little bit chilly, but also not. Um, We we did have a contingency plan. (laughs) Quote: What if it sucks? (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a resolution. (laughs) So we'll figure something out. We always do. We always did. Well, yeah, we we, we're in the past. We always can, and we always did. Yes, (laughs) we loved our trip. (laughs) Our trip was great. (laughs) Girls' weekend. (laughs) The weather did not suck. The weather did suck. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's see how, what the weather's like in chapter two of in Hunger Games. Penem. Penem. Chapter two. One time, when I was in a blind in a tree, waiting motionless for game to wander by, I dozed off and fell ten feet to the ground, landing on my back. Oof. <laughs> it was as if the impact had knocked every wisp of air from my lungs, and I lay there struggling to inhale, to exhale, to do anything. That's how I feel now trying to remember how to breathe, unable to speak, totally stunned as the name bounces around the inside of my skull. Someone is gripping my arm. He's got his grippers up. A boy from the scene, and I think maybe I started to fall and he caught me. There must have been some mistake. This can't be happening. Pretty much one slip of paper in thousands. Mm-hmm. Thousands. Mm-hmm. One little slip of paper. That's bad luck. That so is bad luck. But she it, must have, it is possible. She must have broke a mirror or something. Yeah, for some real. Mirrors. It's okay. It's not the worst thing that'll happen to her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Don't worry. Her chances of being chosen so remote that I not even bothered to worry about her. Had I done everything? Taken the pesada. Refused to let her do the same? One slip. One slip in thousands. The odds had been entirely in her favor, but it hadn't mattered. Oh, here we go. I always whistle the fucking last note. That sounded good. I can't whistle like that. Oh. 
Yeah, I feel like I'm in the arena. Oh, am I too? I'm too early to be doing all this. Yeah, you are, but it's okay. Somewhere far away, I can hear the crowd murmuring unhappily as they always do when a 12-year-old gets chosen because no one thinks this is fair. And then I see her, the blood drained from her face, hands clenched and fists at her sides, walking with stiff, small steps toward the stage, passing me. And I see the back of her blouse has become untucked and hangs out over her skirt. Is I love this... that she's like, when the 12-year-old gets picked, oh, everyone's disgusted. But the 13-year-old? <laughs> yeah! It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's this detail, the untucked blouse forming a ducktail that brings me back to myself. Hmm. <laughs> the strangled cry comes out of my throat and my muscles begin to move. <laughs> I don't need to shove through the crowd. The other kids make way immediately, allowing me a straight path to the stage. I reach her just as she is about to mount the steps. With one sweep of my arm, I push her behind me. I volunteer! I gasp. I volunteer as tribute! Yeah, get into it. <laughs> There's some confusion on the stage. Grimace is looking back. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> You're not 12. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? <laughs> District 12 hasn't had a volunteer in decades, and the protocol has become rusty. <laughs> The rule is that once a tribute's name has been pulled from the ball, another eligible boy, if a boy's name has been read, or a girl, if a girl's name has been read, can step forward to take his or her place. In some districts in which winning the reaping is such a great honor, people are eager to risk their lives. The volunteering is complicated. But in District 12, where the word tribute is pretty much synonymous with the word corpse, <laughs> volunteers are all but extinct. Yeah. Lovely, says Grimace. <laughs> Don't do Effie like that. <laughs> Lovely, says Effie Trinket. But I believe there's a small matter of introducing the reaping winner and then asking for volunteers. And if one does come forth, then we, um... She trails off, unsure of herself. What does it matter, says the mayor. He's looking at me with a pained expression on his face. He doesn't know me, really, but there's a faint recognition there. I'm the girl who brings the strawberries. He's like, damn, my best strawberry picker. <laughs> He's like, oh, jeez. Shit. He's not going to have strawberries ever again after this. <laughs> ever again. Literally. He's going to have to bribe Gail for them. <laughs> the girl his daughter might have spoken of on occasion. The girl who five years ago stood huddled with her mother and sister as he presented her, the oldest child, with a medal of valor. A medal for her father vaporized in the mines. I <laughs> didn't vaporized. The mine trauma is something else. Oh, dear God. Does he remember that? What does it matter? He repeats gruffly. Let her come forward. Prim is screaming hysterically behind me. That's what's for me. Thank you. You're welcome. She's wrapped her skinny arms around me like a vice. Her skinty arms. She's so tiny. So skinty. She is 12. She's so tiny. She slipped right through my fingers. <laughs> Slipping through my fingers all the time. She's wrapped her skinny arms around me like a vice. No, Katniss, no, you can't go. Prim, let go, I say harshly, because this is upsetting me and I don't want to cry. When they televise the replay of the reapings tonight, everyone will make note of my tears and I'll be marked as an easy target, a weakling. I will give no one that satisfaction. Let go. She really has already thought it out. Mm-hmm. Like, she knows if I get picked, this is what's going she's down. She's so reasonable. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, you think, oh, she's doing this on a whim? Bitch has been ready for this. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've been taking the Tessera for years. Tessera. I can feel someone pulling her from my back. I turn and see Gail has lifted Prim off the ground and she's thrashing in his arms. Say nothing. <laughs> Thrasher, am I right? Up you go, catnip, he says in a voice. Oh. Up you go, catnip, he says in a voice he's fighting to keep steady. The tone change. <laughs> I wasn't reading ahead. I was skimming and scanning. And then he carries Prim off toward my mother. I steal myself and climb the steps. Well, bravo, gushes Effie Trinket. That's the spirit of the games. She's pleased to finally have a district with a little action going on in it. What's your name? 
I swallow hard. Mm-hmm. Katniss Everdeen, <laughs> I say. <laughs> I bet my buttons that was your sister. Don't want her to steal all the glory, do we? Come on, everybody. Let's give a big round of applause to our newest tribute, trills Effie Trinket, to the everlasting credit of the people of District 12. Not one person claps. Yeah, because they're not freaks. <laughs> yeah. Not even the ones holding betting slips. The ones who are usually beyond caring. Possibly because they know me from the hob, or knew my father, or have encountered Prim, who no one can help loving. So instead of acknowledging applause, I stand there unmoving while they take part in the boldest form of dissent they can manage. Silence. <laughs> Which says we do not agree. We do not condone. All of this is wrong. Moment of silence for the moment of silence. Then something unexpected happens. At least I don't expect it because I don't think of District 12 as a place that cares about me. But a shift has occurred since I stepped up to take Prim's place. And now it seems I have become someone precious. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is the plot of the entire trilogy, everybody. <laughs> That's it. Them being like, she's a symbol. They're like, oh, that's her. <laughs> she's like, she's I didn't want my sister to die. <laughs> she's literally that girl. <laughs> she is that girl. Katniss Everdeen TikTok being that girl for a day challenge. You could argue that she's a pick me. She because literally she's a little, said pick me. Pick me. I volunteer. <laughs> can we start calling the pick me girls tributes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> At first one, then another, then almost every member of the crowd touches the three middle fingers of their left hand to their lips and holds it out to me. It is an old and rarely used gesture of our district, occasionally seen at funerals. It means thanks. It means admiration. It means goodbye to someone you love. That's literally their ohana. (laughs) Oh no, aloha. (laughs) Hello. I was thinking about how aloha means hello and goodbye, but ohana means family. (laughs) Family means no one gets left behind. Shout out Lilo and Stitch. Okay. Now I'm truly in danger of crying. But fortunately, Hamish chooses this time to come staggering across the stage to congratulate me. Look at her! Look at this one! <laughs> Throwing an arm around my shoulders. He's surprisingly strong for such a wreck. I like her. His breath reeks of liquor, and it's been a long time since he's bathed. Lots of... He can't think of the word for a while. Smunk! He says triumphantly. He's so true. More than you! He releases me and starts for the front of the stage. More than you, he shouts, pointing directly into a camera. Is he addressing the audience, or is he so drunk he might actually be taunting the Capitol? I'll never know, because just as he's opening his mouth to continue, <laughs> Hamish plummets off the stage and knocks himself unconscious. Oh. plum. <laughs> I love him. He's an icon. You, you're going to love this next sentence. He's disgusting, but I'm grateful. Yeah, if that's not Hamish. <laughs> I love him. With every camera gleefully trained on him, I have just enough time to release the small choked sound in my throat and compose myself. <coughs> Do you think that was it? <coughs> <laughs> so, <Some> something... <laughs> so, so something you need to know about our co- my co-host Maddie here is she likes to go <coughs> whenever she's a little upsetty, like as a joke. And so what she just did was go. <coughs> And then immediately go into blue snow. <laughs> That's just the roller coaster of life, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put my hands behind my back and stare into the distance. I can see the hills I climbed this morning with Gail. For a moment, I yearn for something. The idea of us leaving the district, making our way in the woods. But I know I was right about not running off, because who else would have volunteered for Prim? Hamish is whisked away on a stretcher. 
Happy Trinket is trying to get the ball rolling again. <laughs> what an exciting day! She warbles as she attempts to straighten her wig, which has listed severely to the right. Yes, I love this train ride. <laughs> I love it. This is so much more funny in the book than the movie. The movie, you're just like... You're like, oh, that's awkward. This is trauma. She's literally fighting for her life to, like, put on a good show. That's literally what the tributes are about to be doing. Yeah. Fighting for their lives to put on a good show. Mm -hmm. But more excitement to come. It's time to choose our boy tribute. Clearly... (laughs) Our boy tribute. Boy tribute. That's how... That's what dating is. (laughs) It's time to choose our boy tribute. to contain her tenuous hair situation. She plants one hand on her head as she crosses to the ball that contains the boys' names and grabs the first slip she encounters. She zips back to the podium, and I don't even have time to wish for Gail's safety when she's reading the name. Peter Mallark! Yes! (laughs) Peter Mallark! Peter Bread! Oh no, I think not him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're gonna have babies. Oh, I gotta cut that out. (laughs) That's like in the last like <laughs> sentence of the series. Yes. It's literally like a paragraph. <laughs> Good God. Not him. Because I recognize this name. Although I've never spoken directly to its owner, Peter Malark. This is what it feels like it, like when you were in high school and you got like picked with someone for like group projects. And you're like, I knew that name, but I never spoke to him. Yeah. you like <laughs> literally never had a conversation with you ever. Mm-hmm. No, the odds are not in my favor today. I watch him as he makes his way toward the stage. Medium height. Stocky build. Ashy blonde hair that falls in waves mm. over his forehead. How tall is Peter Malark? Well, what'd she just say? Medium, Medium height, height. Stocky build. I bet he's like 5'10". Well, she's 16. What's medium height? 5'8"? I guess. I don't know. It is funny, though, because in the movies, Josh Hutcherson is like... Short king. He's like 5'6", but they managed to make him look taller. Yeah. Or at least the same height. They did him and a lot of And J-Law's taller. Yeah. Tall, clean, short king. It's so fun. They're so fun. I don't know if you've ever watched interviews of mm-hmm. them. It's really cute. Aww. They had a good dynamic. Aw. Yeah. The shock of the moment is registering on his face. You can see his struggle to remain emotionless. But his blue eyes show the alarm I've seen so often in Prey. Yet he climbs steadily onto the stage and takes his place. Effie Trinket asks for volunteers, but no one steps forward? Wow, no friends, loser, (laughs) idiot. God, do you even have cool older sisters? When no one volunteers for you as tribute? (laughs) Lame. Wow. No one would volunteer for me as tribute. And that's okay. (laughs) I would not want anyone to volunteer for me. Would you volunteer as tribute for Patty Boy? I know he's a boy. (laughs) That's not how that works. But didn't, didn't they say that is how it works, though? No, so... It has to be? I think so. Oh, probably. Wow. Are you listening, Patrick? Patrick, are you out there? No, he's not listening. He doesn't listen to the podcast. And I'm out here saying I would literally <laughs> die for it. <laughs> yeah. That's what you something. <laughs> he has two older brothers, I know. I've seen them in the bakery. But one is probably too old now to volunteer, and the other won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, never mind. One's a painter. This is standard. Family devotion only goes so far for most people on Weeping Day. What I did was the radical thing. You and J-Law in the, in the radical club together. What? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. For sure. The mayor begins to read the long, dull Treaty of Treason, as he does every year at this point. It's required, but I'm not listening to a word. Why him, I think? Then I tried... Literally, what do you mean, why him? <laughs> it's random. I know, she's like so upset. It's just a, 
it's just a guy she knows about. Like, it's not her enemy. It's not her crush. Yeah. Like, it's like a neutral guy. Yeah. She's like, ugh. Yeah. Well, because he's not going to save her. But, like, the whole thing is one person survives anyway. Yeah. Why him, I think. Then I try to convince myself it doesn't matter. Peter Malark yeah. and I are not friends. Not even neighbors. We don't speak. Our only real interaction happened years ago. He's probably forgotten it. But I haven't. And I know I never will. Oh, this is why. Well, yeah. <clears throat> it was during the worst time. My father had been killed in the mine accident three months earlier in the bitterest January anyone could remember. The numbness of his loss had passed, and the pain would hit me out of nowhere, doubling me over, racking my body with sobs. Where are you? I would cry out in my mind. Where have you gone? Of course, there was never any answer. The district had given us a small amount of money as compensation for his death, enough to cover one month of grieving, at which time my mother would be expected to get a job. Only she didn't. She didn't do anything but sit propped up in a chair or, more often, huddled under the blankets on her bed, eyes fixed on some point in the distance. It's giving, um, there's a possibility. A little bit. Once in a while, she'd stir, get up as if moved by some urgent purpose, only to then collapse back into stillness. I feel that. <laughs> Me on every a Sunday. Every day after work. Me on a Sunday. <laughs> yep. When the Sunday scaries hit. No amount of pleading from Prim seemed to affect her. I was terrified. I suppose now that my mother was locked in some dark world of sadness, but at the time, all I knew was that I had lost not only a father, but a mother as well. At 11 years old, with Prim just seven, I took over as head of the family. There was no choice. I bought our food at the market and cooked it as best I could and tried to keep Prim and myself looking presentable, because if it had become known that my mother could no longer care for us, the district would have taken us away from her and placed us in the community home. I had grown up seeing those home kids at school. The sadness, the marks of angry hands on their faces, the hopelessness that curled their shoulders forward. I could never let that happen to Prim. Sweet, teeny, tiny Prim. Who cried when I cried before she even knew the reason. Who brushed and plaited my mother's hair before we left for school. Who still polished my father's shaving mirror each night because he hated the layer of coal dust that settled on everything in the seam. The community home would crush her like a bug, so I kept our predicament a secret. But the money ran out and we were slowly starving to death. There's no other way to put it. I kept telling myself I could only hold out until May, just May 8th. I would turn 12 and be able to sign up for the Tessera and get that precious grain and oil to feed us. Only there were still several weeks to go. We could well be dead by then. Starvation's not an uncommon fate in District 12. Who hasn't seen the victims? Older people who can't work, children from a family with too many to feed, those injured in the mines, straggling through the streets. And one day, you come upon them sitting motionless against a wall or lying in the meadow, you hear the wails from a house, and the peacekeepers are called in to retrieve the body. Starvation is never the cause of death officially. It's always the flu, or exposure, or pneumonia. But that fools no one. That is brutal. Yeah. That has to be such a bummer way to go. <laughs> yeah. On the afternoon of my encounter with Peter Malark, the rain was falling in relentless icy sheets. I had been in town trying to trade some threadbare old baby clothes of Prim's in the public market, but there were no takers. He's like, why don't you want my rags? <laughs> Please buy my rags. Although I had been to the hob on several occasions with my father, I was too frightened to venture into that rough, gritty place alone. <laughs> the rain had soaked through my father's hunting jacket, leaving me chilled to the bone. For three days, we had nothing but boiled water with some old dried mint leaves I'd found in the back of a cupboard. Tea time. For real. By the time the market closed, I was shaking so hard I dropped my bundle of baby clothes in a mud puddle. I didn't pick it up for fear I would keel over and be unable to regain my feet. Besides, no one wanted those clothes. I couldn't go home, because at home was my mother with her dead eyes, Jesus, and my little sister with her hollow cheeks and cracked lips. Someone get her some Vaseline for the lips. Listen, I don't think their lip moisture is their, their oh. biggest issue. Oh, it's not? No. 
No, they're they're dying actively. Oh. They're they're eating boiled water. <laughs> You're so right. Oh, oh! Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine they're eating boiled water for dinner? And Candace comes home with her lips like juicy plump, and she's like, "Hey guys, what I got? It's like a fucking chapstick." She's like, "This was forty dollars." Like, <coughs> what? I couldn't walk into that room with the smoky fire from the damp branches I had scavenged at the edge of the woods after the coal had run out, my hands empty of any hope. I found myself stumbling along a muddy lane behind the shops that serve the wealthiest townspeople. The merchants live above their businesses, so I was essentially in their backyards. I remember the outlines of garden beds not yet planted for the spring, a goat or two in a pen, one sodden dog tied to a post, hunched, defeated in the muck. <laughs> baby. All forms of stealing are forbidden in District 12 punishable by death, but it crossed my mind that there might be something in the trash bins, and those were a fair game. Perhaps a bone at the butcher's or rotted vegetables at the grocer's. Something no one but my family was desperate enough to eat. Unfortunately, the bins had just been emptied. No. Rip. When I Literally. Passed... <laughs> Damn. Oops. When I passed the baker's, the smell of fresh bread was so overwhelming I felt dizzy. I feel that and I'm not starving. Yeah. I love bread. The Jimmy John's where they're just pumping mm, out that bread smell. So good. The ovens were in the back, and a golden glow spilled out the open kitchen door. I stood mesmerized by the heat and the luscious scent until the rain interfered, running its icy fingers on my back, forcing me back to life. I lifted the lid to the baker's trash bin and found it spotlessly, heartlessly bare. That was a beautiful paragraph. I really loved that. Suddenly, a voice was screaming at me, and I looked up to see the baker's wife telling me to move on. And did I want her to call the peacekeepers and how sick she was of having those brats from the scene pawing through her trash? The words were ugly, and I had no defense. As I carefully replaced the lid and backed away, I noticed him, a boy with blonde hair peering out from behind his mother's back. I'd seen him at school. He was in my year, but I didn't know his name. He stuck with the town kids, so how would I? His mother went back into the bakery, grumbling, rumble, rumble, but he must have been watching me as I made my way behind the pen that held their pig and leaned against the far side of an old apple tree. The realization that I'd have nothing to take home had finally sunk in. My knees buckled and I slid down the tree trunk to its roots. It was too much. I was too sick and weak and tired. Oh, so tired. Let them call the peacekeepers and take us to the community home, I thought. Or better yet, let me die right here in the rain. Dang, girl. There was a clatter in the bakery. And I heard the woman screaming again and the sound of a blow. And I vaguely wondered what was going on. Feet sloshed toward me through the mud and I thought, it's her. She's coming to drive me away with a stick. I'm always thinking that. <laughs> the biggest threat there is. <laughs> stick. <laughs> stick. But it wasn't her. It was the boy. In his arms, he carried two large loaves of bread that must have fallen into the fire because the crusts were scorched black. Yum. His mother was yelling, Feed it to the pig, you stupid creature. Why not? No one decent will buy burned bread. Creature? You know how your mom talks to you. That's awful. Yeah, poor guy. He began to tear off chunks from the burned parts and toss them into the trough, and the front bakery bell rung and the mother disappeared to help a customer. The boy never even glanced my way, but I was watching him. Because of the bread... Because of the red wheel that stood out on his cheekbone, what had she hit him with? My parents never hit us. I couldn't even imagine it. The boy took one look back to the bakery as if checking that the coast was clear. Then, his attention back on the pig, he threw a loaf of bread in my direction. The second quickly followed, and he sloshed back to the bakery, closing the kitchen door tightly behind him. I stared at the loaves in disbelief. They were fine, perfect really, except for the burned areas. Did he mean for me to have them? He must have, because there they were at my feet. Before anyone could witness what had happened, I shoved the loaves up under my shirt, wrapped the honey jacket tightly around me, and walked swiftly away. 
The heat of the bread burned in my skin, but I clutched oh, it tighter. Oh, top bread. To of course it is a bakery, duh. It was just in the fire. He dropped it in the fire. <laughs> also, my first thought when um, she shoved the loaves up under her shirt, everybody's walking by. Can is go through puberty <laughs> real quick. <laughs> They're like, wowza. She got the milkers. <laughs> Please. While she's like, how, how? Because yeah, her boring. skin is literally, she has blisters forming currently. <laughs> yeah. A week later, they're like, is she going through puberty now? I feel like she's like, no, these are just blisters. Oh, right. God. <laughs> By the time I reached home, the loaves had cooled somewhat, but the insides were still warm. When I dropped them on the table, Prim's hands reached to tear off a chunk, but I made her sit, forced my mother to join us at the table, and poured warm tea. Katniss, do you mean leaf? Do you mean mint water? Mint water. I scraped off the black stuff and sliced the bread. We ate an entire loaf, slice by slice. It was good, hearty bread, filled with raisins and nuts. Mm. I want some. Sounds so good. I put my clothes to dry at the fire, crawled into bed, and fell into a dreamless sleep. It didn't occur to me until the next morning that the boy might have burned the bread on purpose. Might have dropped the loaves into the flames, knowing it meant being punished, and then delivered them to me. But I dismissed this. It must have been an accident. Why would he have done it? He didn't even know me. Still, just throwing me the bread was an enormous kindness that would have surely resulted in a beating if discovered. I couldn't explain his actions. He's got a crush on you, girly. He's also just got that good heart. He does. One thing about the movie that always peeved me was this part, because they breeze over it. Like, they show the flashback of him, like, obviously getting hit, and then Quant coming out and, like, throwing her the bread and going in. You don't know all the lore. No. You don't know that she's on the brink of death. That she's literally starving, that he, like... You're like, oh, he just threw some bread at her one time. They, like, barely even touch on Peta's, like, abusive family. Except Mm -hmm. that he's like, nobody cares about me at home. Mm -hmm. But other than that... I don't know. They said, eh, they'll get the picture. <laughs> Poor Peter. We ate slices of bed for... No, <laughs> not slices of bed. I wish. I wish I could eat a slice of bed. <laughs> Your bed is very soft and plush. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a cake. <laughs> yeah, it is. We ate slices of bread for breakfast and headed to school. It was as if spring had come overnight. Warm, sweet air, fluffy clouds. At school, I passed the boy in the hall. His cheek had swelled up and his eye had blackened. He was with his friends and didn't acknowledge me in any way. But as I collected Prim and started for home that afternoon, I found him staring at me from across the schoolyard. Our eyes met for only a second, then he turned his head away. I dropped my gaze, embarrassed, and that's when I saw it. The first dandelion of the year. Look, the dandelion. (laughs) What is that? Dandelion. (laughs) I think it's kind of funny that they are, like, have school. When they're just being brought up for slaughter? Yeah, like, no, like, that's fine. Okay, okay. But I'm just like, she's like, I'm on the brink of starvation. I'm drinking boiled water. Yeah, what are they throwing? But, like, he looks at her across the, the school courtyard. <laughs> what? Yeah, why? They're not just, like, in a shack. You'd think at that point, like, yeah, why are they at school? I mean, I feel like in most stories like this, it'd be like, I had to drop out of school to work. Yeah. So that we could have food. Food, yeah. I don't know. Get your education kind of clean anyway. Yeah, she's educated. Mm-hmm. But not really. <laughs> yeah. Barely. A bell went off in my head. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. I thought of the hours spent in the woods with my father, and I knew how we were going to survive. To this day, I can never shake the connection between... Wait, hold on. That's just reminding me. Have you ever seen where people, like, like cook dandelions on TikTok? Mm-hmm. I want to try it, but I also think I wouldn't like it. Probably not. I also don't think I really like dandelion tea, because I'm not a really... I don't really like tea that much. Yeah. Because I know that one would taste like leaf. It would. And those are my least favorite teas. Yeah, it would taste like leaf. What's your favorite tea? Try Shy. It's shy tea. Shy. Then maybe like a berry green would be my next. Or an orange. Orange. Like an orange green. Yeah. Or that. 
Yeah, I like the, the fruity teas are nice. Yeah. To this day, I can never shake the connection between this boy, Peter Malark, and the bread that gave me hope, and the dandelion that reminded me that I was not doomed. And more than once, I have turned in the school hallway and caught his eyes trained on me, only to quickly flit away. I feel like I owe him something, and I hate owing people. Literally you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We don't need to talk about that. It's um, mostly Venmo. Oh, <laughs> Oh, are you talking? Oh, God. Um, Wait, I, what are you saying about my Venmo? Um, If if oh. you buy something for Maddie, Maddie already has Venmo open. Yeah. You haven't even paid the merchant. I have to do it right Venmo away or else I won't. Like, I'll forget and then I feel guilt. I feel really big guilt when See, I don't pay you back. Can, you can relate to Katniss in this yes, moment. Yes, mm-hmm. I can. Maybe if I had thanked him at some point, I'd be feeling less conflicted now. I thought about it a couple of times, but the opportunity never seemed to present itself. And now it never will, because we're going to be thrown into an arena to fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Classic situation. Yeah. Been there, done that. Am I right? <laughs> you killed people? Oh. <laughs> exactly how am I supposed to work in a thank you in there? Somehow it just won't seem sincere if I'm trying to slit his throat. Oh. Thanks, King. Kills him. The mayor finishes the dreary treaty of treason and motions for Peta and me to shake hands. His are as solid and warm as those loaves of bread. mm, mm. You start mm. telling men that their hands remind me of loaves of bread. <laughs> That's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they'll fully understand or appreciate that, but... I'll think it's funny. That is a good compliment. Yeah. I would love to hear that about my hands. <laughs> Peter looks me right in the eye and gives my hand what I think is meant to be a reassuring squeeze. Maybe it's just a nervous spasm. We turn back to face the crowd as the anthem of Panem plays. Oh, well, I think there will be 24 of us. Odds are someone else will kill him before I do. Of course, the odds had not been very dependable of late. Yeah, the odds are not in the favor. Mm-mm. I love the Hunger Games. <laughs> I love, I love games. zucchini. Now we've got the pita lore, uh-huh. the starvation lore. Mm-hmm. I like the pacing of the book so far. Yeah, it's Where it's good. like, here's a little backstory. Boom, we're in the reaping. Boom, it's prim. Chapter two. Boom, Hamish collapses. Yeah. Pita lore. Handshake. And bread. Funny. Bread hands. Bread. Bread. Hey, boy, you got them bread hands. I think the real protagonist of the chapter was bread. Was bread. The antagonist is Peter's mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should do from now on the like, protagonist and antagonist of every chapter. <laughs> this chapter, the protagonist was bread. Antagonist, Peter's mom. Yeah. Good guy, always bread. Always. Anytime that bread is mentioned in the chapters of this book, it's gonna mm-hmm. be the good guy. Yes. Bread's never done anything wrong. No, I love bread. Love bread. Love bready. Don't love Peter's mom. Ugh. Stop God. hitting your kids. It's just... <laughs> speak it. You, your creatures. <laughs> Not the creature. That was horrible. That's awful. Um, anyway. Wait, I like one more. One more. <laughs> one more. Um, oh. But you're gonna have to wait till next week for more. Because we'll be back on have Tuesday. Have some patience. God, eat some bread. Have some patience. Have some... <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Have a fresh loaf of burnt bread. Yeah. Your boiled water with mint. Mm-hmm. And just sit down. Mm-hmm. And actually, don't sit down. Go out in the pouring rain. Yeah. Let it soak through your jacket. Yep. Stand next to a pig. So I was gonna say, say hi to the pigs. Uh huh. And then, you and then maybe bed. maybe like a cute boy will just be there. He'll be throw, maybe he'll his mom. Throw bread at you or something. <laughs> Boys take notes. Goals. <laughs> Goals. I want. I would love to have bread thrown at me. <laughs> All right, we'll keep that noted. Noted. 
your wedding one day, it's not, we don't throw rice as you're coming back, it's loaves of bread. Like, <laughs> baguettes, please. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Make sure you follow us at YY2K Pod on Instagram and TikTok. We love you so much, mm-hmm. and we hope you're enjoying all the content, because we're having a blast making it. <laughs> Maddie loves the Hunger Games. I love the Hunger Games. I'm about to go watch it. <laughs> Again. <laughs> you said this last time. I love the Hunger Games. Oh, dear God. All right, everybody. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Mwah. Mwah.